Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Lots to go over today. We're going to talk a little bit about the the leftist illegal alien insurrectionists who cornered Kirsten Cinema in a bathroom. Very, very illegal. You know, if if anyone with a MAGA hat did that to a Republican or a Democrat, tried to pin a, a United States senator in a bathroom while illegally videotaping them. Uh, they probably would have already gotten raided by the FBI SWAT team. Talk about that a little bit later, plus how they're putting pressure on Manchin. Um, not hugely news breaking, but you got to pay attention to this stuff because these kind of intimidation tactics do work. And if they can flip those two Democrats back to their side, they can push through the entire Biden agenda and they wouldn't need a single Republican vote. So we're going to cover that a little bit later in the episode. Also going to talk about the F Joe Biden chance. But before we get to that, got to talk about the big story of the weekend, and it really is heartbreaking. If you go ahead and put up image number three, this woman, Jessica Berg Wilson, she was 37 years old. She was a, a healthy mother of two lovely children, and she didn't want to get vaccinated. She got vaccinated because her school wouldn't let her continue to be a room parent. That's a a parent who volunteers and shows up for like birthdays and parties and things like that. Wouldn't let her continue as a school volunteer unless she got vaccinated. So she got vaccinated and she ended up getting COVID vaccine induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. I probably mispronounced that, but I think I gave it a good shot. Um, And she passed away. So the family explained this in her obituary over the weekend and sure enough twitter decided to slap a fact check on this poor woman's obituary declaring that it was misinformation it was misleading the irony of all all ironies is they say that learn why health officials consider covid19 vaccines safe for most people the fact that they didn't have their fact check say safe for everyone concludes that this was not misleading, right? You can't say it's safe for most people and then do everything you can to censor the exceptions. And that's something where me and Joe have lined up from the very beginning, right? It is very clear that people will have allergic reactions, have terrible reactions to this vaccine, other vaccines, every medication is the reason that medications have super long side effect listings. And it's up to everyone or should be up to everyone to decide whether the risks are worth the rewards and to do and make that decision in consultation with their doctors and their families. But when you start imposing government mandates on it, when you start forcing people to get something that albeit rarely can kill them, that is a serious change in the way we as free people interact with our government. Yeah, it it is, it is violative enough that the government claims to have the power to force you to inject something into your body without your consent, forcing you to do it, right? Threatening to fire you. Actually, they were firing people. 
in New York. They were burning all their scrubs outside the hospitals. That is terrible. That's unconstitutional. It's a violation of your most basic rights and liberties. Terrible. But you add on to that the fact that, yes, albeit in the grand scheme of things, rarely the fact that the vaccine does result in very, very clearly linked deaths. Why does the government claim the authority to force you to put something in your body that can kill you? I mean, it's one thing to argue that Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, is unconstitutional because the government can't force you to buy health insurance, right? That's one thing. And then that's a very legitimate argument. Why does the government have the authority to force you to buy something? Well, while you're sleeping, that Obamacare plan isn't going to open itself out of the envelope, come and slit your throat in the middle of the night, right? There, there's, there's a difference between unconstitutional mandates and potentially deadly unconstitutional mandates. Like there's a, a, a clear difference there. They're both horrible, both absolutely horrible. But to see government, to see big tech, to see the media deliberately covering up the side effects, the, the heartbreaking deaths in an attempt to push this narrative that it's completely safe. It is not completely safe. There's nothing in this world that is completely safe. Every day, everything you do, you take a risk-benefit analysis, whether you realize it or not, right? When you get in the car, you decide whether to put the seatbelt on, right? You always should, obviously. When you get on the highway, tons of variables are going to determine whether or not you make it to that destination alive. And we know through statistics that some people die in fatal car crashes, and it's heartbreaking. It's terrible, right? It's absolutely terrible. And there are people out there who are, who are understandably nervous about driving and they choose not to drive right maybe they take public transportation if they don't trust themselves behind the wheel lots of people don't fly because they don't trust airplanes and yet statistically you are <laughs> you are very likely it's, it's very unlikely to die in a plane crash but then again my grandfather died in, in a commercial plane crash before i was born right so i mean everything is it, it's rare but it happens so people choose not to fly. They opt out of it. They, they say, oh, take the train or I'll drive. Right? People make these decisions all the time. And people made these decisions with the vaccines. People said, hey, I, I got COVID already. I recovered. I have natural immunity. Science is still out. The studies are still out on how long that natural immunity lasts. But you can't just say I have nothing. I have natural immunity. So I'm not going to get the vaccine right now. I don't think I need it. It, it, the cost-benefit analysis doesn't work out. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for someone with natural immunity to risk the side effects, to risk the potentially fatal reactions when they just beat the virus. But now you have government swooping in. You have government swooping in and demanding that all, everyone who works in healthcare, who works in any business with over 100, 100 employees, who works in government, who is a government contractor, you see cities and states doing this. California just over just uh, at the end of the week last week declared declared that K through 12 children will now have to get the COVID vaccine. COVID vaccine isn't even approved for, for the majority of those age groups, but they're mandating it anyway. Uh, maybe I missed something. I don't think that five year olds are approved. Like where did where did I miss that? Five and six year olds in kindergarten. I don't I don't think I saw any emergency authorization even let alone full approval. But California is going to do it. And we see this heartbreaking case, this absolutely heartbreaking case. If we go ahead and put up my screen, I'm going to read a bit. I'm going to read her obituary for you because it's, uh, 
obviously her family wants this story told, otherwise, otherwise they wouldn't have put it in the obituary. But this is the woman, Jessica Berg Wilson, born October 29th, 1983, died September 7th, 2021. Jessica Berg Wilson, 37, of Seattle, Washington, passed away unexpectedly September 7th from COVID-19 vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, VITT, surrounded by her loving family. Jessica was an exceptionally healthy and vibrant 37-year-old young mother with no underlying health conditions. Jessica was born on October 29, 1983 to Arthur and Gwen Berg in Portland, Oregon. She attended Riverdale Grade School, graduated from Jesuit High School in 2002, and earned a BA from Oregon State University in 2007. After college, she had a successful professional career in human resource management and devoted her free time to numerous volunteer causes. She met Tom, her loving husband, in 2009, and they wed in 2012, going on to have two daughters, Bridget, who's five, and Clara, who's three. Jessica fully embraced motherhood, sharing her passion for life with her daughters. Jessica's motherly commitment was intense with unwavering determination to nurture her children, to be confident, humble, responsible, and to have concern and compassion for others with high morals built on faith. Jessica's greatest passion was to be the best mother possible for Bridget and Clara. Nothing would stand in the way to be present in their lives. During the last weeks of her life, however, the world turned dark with heavy-handed vaccine mandates. Local and state governments were determined to strip away her rights to consult her wisdom um, and enjoy her freedom. She had been vehemently opposed to taking the vaccine, knowing she was in good health and of a young age and thus not at risk for serious illness. In her mind, the known and unknown risks of the unproven vaccine were more of a threat. But slowly, day by day, her freedom to choose was stripped away. Her passion to be actively involved in her children's education, which included being a room mom, was once again blocked by government mandate. Ultimately, those who closed doors and separated mothers from their children prevailed. It cost Jessica her life. It cost her children the loving embrace of their caring mother. And it cost her husband the sacred love of his devoted wife. It cost God's kingdom on earth a very special soul who was just making her love felt in the hearts of so many. Along with being a superb mother, Jessica was a devoted and supported, supportive wife and created a beautiful, serene home for her family to thrive in while establishing her family in the wonderful Laurelhurst and Assumption St. Bridget communities in Seattle. Jessica and Tom were a remarkable team who prioritized family values and morals and their Catholic faith. She was known best for her grace, wisdom, wit, sense of humor, conscientiousness, her tireless work ethic, her pride in her family, and her loving nature. Throughout her life, she loved to travel and made many trips to Europe, the Middle East, Latin America, the Oregon coast, and Black Butte Ranch. Yet she always valued who she was with more than yet she always valued who she was with more than where she was. In personality, Jessica was elegant and composed. Drama and attitude was not her way. She was a rock and guidepost armed with natural problem-solving skills and intuitiveness for those who were fortunate to have her in their lives. During the inevitable crises in her life, and of those she knew, she would say, let's figure it out, thereby giving confidence and direction in uncertain times. Loyal and protective, she was the best of all confidants while offering the lightness of her intrinsic humor. Within her altruistic regard for others, she held a special concern for the welfare of mothers and children in need. With this in mind, in lieu of flowers, the family requests those who wish to express sympathy to consider donating to a charitable organization that was near and dear to Jessica's heart, Sacred Heart Shelter for Families. And the donation link is there. Left to cherish her memory, our husband, Tom Wilson, her daughters, Bridget and Clara, her parents, Arthur Berg and Gwen Berg, her sister, Elizabeth, her brother, John, many extended family members and a large friend group and community. Services will be held um, at harveyfuneral.com. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. 
it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And we talked about this. We've been talking about this for months. Obviously, there are always side effects with everything. And it's up to everyone to choose whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze, whether or not the risk is worth the reward. She made a choice. She made a choice after consulting her family, doctors, researching herself. She made a choice not to get vaccinated because, as her obituary explained, she was healthy, she was young, and didn't think it posed a threat to her or others around her. She made a choice. Government stepped in and decided that they knew better. That if she wanted to be involved in her children's lives and involved in her children's education as a room parent, she had to get vaccinated. They forced a vaccine upon her. And ultimately she caved and she agreed to do it. And as her obituary so sadly points out, she died from, from I'm going to mispronounce it again, from COVID-19 vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. It's getting a little easier. I mean, maybe I'm mispronouncing it. She passed away. Government killed her. Now they're going to say, oh, well, that's, it happens. I mean, it's the same thing you hear with, with leftists. With leftists, whenever you, we point out an illegal alien who just killed someone drunk driving, you say it to a leftist, say, oh, well, Americans drunk drive all the time. Yeah, but the person who was killed in the crash would be alive if the illegal alien wasn't here. I mean, that that the left loves to say if we can save one life, it's worth it. That's That's always been their claim with things like gun violence, right? But here, noticeably silent. They're not interested in saving Jessica's life. They're not interested in protecting anyone who might be immunocompromised or legitimately at risk for severe complications. They don't care about that. Because here, the Democrats no longer care about saving the individual. Here, they, they care about protecting the collective. That's how they describe it. And they truly believe that a healthy, unvaccinated person poses a risk to a vaccinated person. That's what they believe. That is their narrative. That is what they talk about. That's what they push forward. This family lost their mother. Husband lost his wife. For what? For what? She wasn't sick. She wasn't sick. We've seen this, this slow erosion of our basic rights and liberties for a year and a half. And we allowed them to go step by step by step by step. And now, albeit rare case, but nonetheless important, pushing her off as, oh, that's just an exception. That happens. It'd be one thing if she made the decision to say, hey, you know what? I understand the risks. I think the reward is better. And she and that happened to her. It'd still be heartbreaking, right? But it would have been her decision. The difference is she made her decision. She opted not to get vaccinated. And government mandated that she do it in order to maintain the status quo. She had to choose whether being there for her kids or, or sticking, sticking with her morals and her conviction. And she went through with it. Where in the Constitution, where in common law, can you find a government right to kill American citizens? Where can you find it? I can't, I can't find it anywhere. I mean, there's only one thing that the government claims the right to do to you that can result, like legitimately result in your death, and that is conscription. That's the draft, forcing you to serve in the military. Right now, more than half of Americans don't qualify because they're women. I firmly believe if we're going to have a draft, we probably should have not unmarried or, or women who don't have children also sign up. I think if we're going to have equal rights. We should have equal fights. But that's a completely different podcast. 
That's the only real thing, though, if you think about it, that the government claims the authority to put you in a position where you can realistically die. I mean, I, I guess it's possible anywhere, right? Government can compel you to go to a court hearing. That court hearing can get attacked by a terrorist or something. Yeah, all that's possible. But we know, we know that vac these vaccines do have, albeit rare, but still nonetheless, do have fatal reactions in some people. For the government to demand it, to mandate it, and to write off these fatalities as if they are unimportant, as if it's the cost of doing business, is disgusting and more <laughs> and unconstitutional. Listen, we've talked about how we've talked about how government is supposed to worry on this show before. Whether you're a student of John Locke or 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 Mills, right? Any of these earlier uh, philosophers who were looking at government, the purpose of government. When you look at John Locke, John Locke says before, before government exists, before society exists, it's every man for himself. He described it as the state of nature. In the state of nature, you have the right to seek eye for an eye retribution. When someone steals from you, you have the authority in true anarchy, not anarchy the way the leftists say with like the little scribbled A. No, anarchy meaning the absence of any governmental control. In this state of anarchy, if someone steals from you, you have the right to go and steal it back or to go kill them if you want. There's no rules, right? In anarchy, it's every man for himself, every woman for themselves, and it's just constant retribution. So John Locke, if you read his second treatise on government, which I highly recommend that you do, he explains that to escape this anarchy, man creates communities, societies, a government. And in doing so, they agree to give up certain bits of their liberties. For example, if you create a society and you pass laws that say you're not allowed to steal and someone steals from you, you give up the right to go hunt them down and gut them like a fish, right? That's part of living in a society. Now, I mean, maybe there are some societies out there that let you do that, but if we're talking about Western society, Western government can't do that. You, you maintain the right to have self-defense, right? Government doesn't pretend that they can be there and protect you at all times. You're always allowed to defend yourself, but you're not allowed to take the law into your own hands. That's what the justice system is supposed to be there for. So you give up these, these, the bare minimum of your rights. You give up your rights and your liberties, but only just as much as, as are necessary for government to exist. Nowhere. It's called social contract theory, right? The idea that everyone, every one of us um, even those who were born after the creation of the United States, we have at least tacitly consented to living in this society. Otherwise, we would have left. Social contract theory is the idea that you agree to be in this society. You agree to follow these rules. Nowhere in that contract have any of us given up the right to decide what enters our body. It hasn't happened. Now, if you are convicted of a crime and incarcerated, then you do suspend, you do give up that right, right? I mean, I guess you could go on a hunter strike, I guess. It's possible, right? But you don't get to decide what you eat for dinner. You don't get to decide what you eat for breakfast. You don't get to decide what you drink. That's, that's given to you. And if you join the military, then yes, they do give you vaccinations. And you don't just get to decide what you're going to get. You don't just get to decide, oh, I, I don't want that. Then, you, then you're out, right? you probably less than honorable discharge, but you're out. There are very limited circumstances, but it requires you to do something beyond just existing, right? You have to commit a crime and get incarcerated. You have to sign up and volunteer for the military. Government can't just walk 
up to your door, knocked on the door and say, hey, as a condition of existing, you must inject this into your body. You won't find it anywhere. You won't find it. This case <clears throat> with Jessica Berg Wilson is so sad because to my knowledge, schools don't require room parents to be vaccinated for anything else. Do they? I don't remember my parents or any of my friends being forced to submit their vaccination records in order to show up at the school with cupcakes. I don't remember that. Now, maybe it is. Who? It's entirely possible. I, I, I might be wrong. But unless they're forcing them to get vaccinated for everything else, this is a brand new power that the, that the school and the state are claiming for themselves. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because she made a decision and hindsight, always 2020, but hindsight confirms that she had made the right decision. She had studied it. She had consulted with her family and her doctor, and she had decided not to get vaccinated. She said it was too risky. It was going to, it was going to be more dangerous than her getting the virus. And she was right. She was right. But her ability to make that decision was stripped from her by government bureaucrats who knew nothing about her who knew nothing about her, nothing about her medical history, nothing about her genome, her physio physiology. They knew nothing about her. They saw her as a name, not even a name. They don't even look at the names. It's just a number on a spreadsheet of how many people live in an area. They looked at her as a collection of ones and zeros on a computer screen and declared that she must get vaccinated if she wants to continue to bring cupcakes to school for her kid's birthday. And she was right. She was right to decide not to do it, but they didn't listen. They didn't care. She was expendable. You see, Joe Biden last week, he commemorated 700,000 people passing away from COVID-19. Now, we've talked on the show about how that number probably isn't completely accurate. There's a lot of people, including that number, who didn't die from COVID. They died with COVID. And to this day, there are a lot of people who are being added to the caseload number and to the hospitalization number that aren't actually sick with COVID-19. When you go to the hospital now for anything, you're, you're given a COVID test. And there are people who are showing up for other hospital procedures. They broke their arm, right? Need emergency treatment or even just pre-planned surgeries. They're showing up, they're getting a COVID test and they're either testing asymptomatic positive or it's a false positive. And that's being added to the numbers of COVID hospitalizations. It's so dishonest. If someone breaks their arm and is coming in for x-rays, and they test positive for COVID at the hospital. That's not a COVID hospitalization, right? It's just incidental. It's still, you still call it a case, fine. But they're using those numbers to, to decide policy. So Biden declared, oh, 700,000 had died. You know what he did immediately afterwards? He went golfing. Not, not all that serene, is it? Not all that serious. Now, they, they don't care about the individual. Leftists have never cared about the individual unless it suits them, right? They care when one illegal alien child is photographed inside of a detention facility. They care when one child dies from gun violence. It's heartbreaking all around, but they use that one case to impose policy on everyone else. Here, complete obvious, uh, opposite. They use everyone else to impose policy on individuals. And unfortunately, unfortunately in this case, she was right to decide not to get vaccinated, but they forced her to anyway. This is another case of a Denver police officer 
who had opted out of getting vaccinated, his uh, police department forced him to. And now, according to his attorney, friend of the show, actually, Randy Corcoran, representing him, according to Randy and him, he is incapable of walking now. He has severe leg pain and he is having trouble walking. They're even saying he can't walk all because he got a vaccine he didn't think he needed, didn't want, but the police department forced him to get anyway. Let's go ahead and play this. This is cut number four. Denver police officers who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 now face being fired under the city's mandate. Yesterday, we heard the story of one officer who was forced to get the vaccine to keep his job and is now struggling to walk. The worst story is uh, a guy, 34 years old, four kids who had COVID last year, recovered. He's a runner, very healthy, went ahead and took the mandatory job to not lose his position with the Denver police on August 22nd. He can barely walk now. He falls down if he doesn't have people around him. So there are other consequences to forcing this jab that people are not thinking about. Joining us now is that police officer, Jose Manriguez, along with his attorney, Randy Corcoran. Good morning to both of you. Morning. Good morning. morning. Again. Jose, we had Randy on, you heard yesterday, and he told us your story. And we wanted to, to book you because we want to hear from you. Tell us what happened after you got that first shot. Uh, got the, I got the shot August 22nd. Uh, that week, I started developing body ache, uh, pain, pain in my legs. Uh, the next week, August 31st, I uh, tried going into work. My legs hurt a lot more. Ended up getting sent home, and on my way home, I couldn't feel my feet anymore. Uh, I couldn't feel the gas pedal or the brake pedal, and pretty much had to call for help to get, to get home, and I barely made it. And that was the Pfizer shot, right? Yes, I got the Pfizer shot, has, no, the, the Pfizer shot, and that was only the first shot. Okay, has your doctor been able to confirm that you're, you lost use of your legs because of the vaccine? He said it's most likely due to the vaccine, but it hasn't been diagnosed all the way. But yes, he said it is the, it is the vaccine. And Randy, you're representing nine individuals that uh, are not in favor of getting the shot or getting that second dose. Tell us their stories. Yeah, well, first, I'm just so frustrated with the doctors. They don't have the courage to, I mean, the effects started hitting him right after he took the shot. And if I may, yesterday, you closed out our segment with a comment from the mayor who said the, the court's ruling on Wednesday confirmed that the mandate was a, an appropriate way to try and protect people. The judge said nothing of the sort. I mean, he's, he's allowed. It's, it's so heartbreaking because, again, this is someone who didn't want to. He didn't want to get vaccinated. His police department and city forced him to as a condition of continuing to be able to put food on his family's table, to pay his bills, to keep a roof over his head. This is not like, it's not like, oh, if you want to do this optional activity, you have to get vaccinated. No, this is a condition of existing. This guy's a police officer, right? I mean, that is, I mean, I, I guess he could have moved, right? But what right does government have to force you to move because you don't want to get injected with a certain pharmaceutical substance? I mean, again, he didn't want to get it. He got it. And now he's suffering severe side effects. And they asked him, like they asked him, say, well, well, why, uh, well, did, did, is it confirmed? And he said, well, the doctor says it can't be completely confirmed, but he says most likely do the vaccine. And they won't let the studies get done. Like they won't actually do the, the studies. They won't actually do the research. 
YouTube now will take down any video that so much as questions whether a vaccine is safe. So this, this episode, we have not done anything but cover in their own words what has happened to two people who got vaccinated against their will. It was forced upon them as a condition of, the, of maintaining the status quo. It was forced upon them. If we publish, if we publish this on YouTube, they, we get taken down. We get suspended. We get just completely evicted off the platform. But it's not like it's fake. It's not like it's made up. These are real cases. And, and yes, it is rare. That, that is true. It is rare. But these are human beings. And what right does government have to force people to roll the dice like this? What right does government have to say the, that the, the survival of the many is worth risking the lives of the few? That is not... That is not a decision that government is allowed to make. Government is not allowed to sacrifice Americans on the battlefield like cannon fodder. That's not how this works. That's not how a free people <laughs> are supposed to be able are supposed to be living, right? It's, it's this is not how this is supposed to work. I, and you know they don't care. They don't care. Leftists, Democrats. Right? They don't care about your basic inalienable rights. They don't care about your right to liberty property. They don't care about any of that. We have a cut of Fauci. This is going to be cut number eight, just to give Mr. Producer a time to line up. Fauci declaring that there comes a time when we need to put aside individual liberties and people just need to do what's best for the community. Let's go ahead and play this. This is cut number eight. But you are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing millions of people, you have got to look at it and say, there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. You have to give up your right and make a decision for the greater good of society. No, that's not how it works. And, and this argument is eerily similar to an argument that Barack Obama made, right? Oh, you didn't build that. Government made that happen. Government paid for the roads. Government paid for the electrical infrastructure, the water infrastructure to give your business the ability to turn a profit. You didn't build that. Government made it happen. It's the same leftist radical narrative coming from Fauci that you benefit from society. Well, yeah, of course we all benefit from society. Go back and again, read John Locke. That's the purpose of society. If society didn't benefit us in any way, we wouldn't have created it. We wouldn't have given up our rights to govern, some of our national rights to government in exchange for a little bit of protection. We wouldn't have done it. But the idea that we now need to sacrifice ourselves to literally, some of us sacrifice ourselves for government, for society. That's not how it works. Not even close to how it works. We're going to have more on Fauci in a second, but got to tell you that this podcast is once again sponsored by Air Med Care Network. Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your loved ones should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to decide when an emergency strikes and we don't get to decide how we go to the hospital. You'd be surprised 
Yeah, sure, people need to be airlifted when they fall off the side of a mountain or get lost on a hike. Yeah, that happens. But you'd be surprised at how many people need to get airlifted in the suburbs or in the cities just because traffic is a nightmare and no ambulance could possibly get through. Well, Air Med Care Network exists to make sure that you and your family don't have to suffer the high medical bills of an expensive air medical transport. And yes, it can cost upwards of 60 grand in some places. So when you sign up with Air Med Care Network, right, you're going to sign up and you're gonna, they're going to give you a, a bonus, a little extra bonus back. When you sign up, they're going to give you up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It's free money, depending on how many years you sign up for. So you're going to want to go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, they're going to give you that up to $50 back. It's really common sense coverage. It's kind of stuff that we, we don't think about, but it's so affordable, you'd be, you'd be a fool not to. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So that wasn't the only thing that Fauci said over the weekend. He also declared that it was too soon, too soon to make a decision on whether all of us are going to be allowed to celebrate Christmas again this year. Let's go ahead and play cut number five. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've okay. just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. It's just too soon. No, these people don't understand their roles. I mean, I think he knows that he's not, not supposed to say this, but he's claimed the power. For now, two Christmases, well, no, wait, uh, two, not two Christmases, for, for a year and a half, almost two years now, Fauci has claimed the authority just to decide what we're allowed to do in our day-to-day -day lives. He's claimed that authority for himself. We let him cancel Easter, last Easter. We let him cancel Christmas. Now, I know many of us still celebrate, but <laughs> still, he was allowed to do this without being as Joe would say, tarred and feathered or, or driven out of town on a rail. He's allowed to do this. So of course he's going to say, oh, it's too dangerous for Christmas. This is the same Fauci who had no problem going to a baseball game, throwing out the first pitch and sitting in the stands without a mask. He had no problem with that, right? He's, he's the ultimate hypocrite. But the fact that Anthony Fauci, who before this year, unless you were really well-versed on the AIDS epidemic or any of the other health um, issues facing the country over the last 30 years, before this past year and a half, I wouldn't have recognized him on the side of the street. I wouldn't have. I mean, would, would you guys have recognized Anthony Fauci before this pandemic if you had passed him on the side of the street? No. No. I wouldn't have. And why would I? Why would any of us have a need to recognize the face of the head of the, was it NIAID? Like, why, why would any of us need to know who that is? He, yeah, it, it's, it's sure, it's, it's an important job. I think it's a little ridiculous to think that we have the ability to control disease. But it's an important job. You still need someone to do it. I wish it wasn't Fauci. You still need someone to do it. But they shouldn't be a rock star. They shouldn't be on the cover of magazines like Fauci has been. Out of all of the people, I mean, we as a country, we, we heap praise, we heap fame, we heap fortune on the wrong people all the time. Right? We, we put athletes on the covers of magazines and the athlete can't even read it's true it is true we glorify athletes who can't read we glorify athletes who abuse their wives right we glorify athletes who have terrible terrible political opinions like disgustingly terrible political opinions we glorify them all the time
I mean, we, we glorify movie stars, put them up on a pedestal when literally their job is just to read words that someone else gave to them. It's not exactly the hardest job. Neither is it the most worthy of praise, but we do this all the time as a country. We, we heap the rewards and, and the praise on the wrong people. Fauci is one of those situations. He has let power get to his head very clearly. And proving the old adage right, absolute power does corrupt absolutely. In what world does any government official think that they have the authority to decide whether Americans can gather with friends and family for Christmas? In what world? And in what world do those in media, the supposed fourth branch of government, in what world do they think that it's a reasonable question to say, hey, can we celebrate Christmas or are you just not sure yet? It's not his decision, but we've let them get this far. We've let them close down churches, close down synagogues, close down mosques. We've let them do this for a year and a half. I mean, look what's happened to Arthur Pavlovsky. Yeah, sure. It is Canada, right? It is technically not the United States, but he is now facing four years in prison. Four years in prison because he had the audacity to open up his church during Holy Week. Holy Week. The holiest week in the Christian calendar. He had the audacity to do that. He had the audacity to let people come indoors to pray. We let them do this. We let them creep, 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 inch forward and inch forward. And now we are in a position where they are killing people. Yes. Yes, Jessica Berg Wilson did not die from a self-inflicted wound. She, the pharmaceutical companies did not kill her. Government killed her. She decided not to get something after doing the research. It wasn't right for her. Government forced her to get it anyway as a condition of maintaining the status quo. She got it and she died. She was healthy, no pre-existing conditions, and she died. And now, in an attempt to cover it up, big tech companies are censoring it. Can't have, can't have the people thinking for themselves, oh no, oh no. There was another exchange on Capitol Hill between Rand Paul and HHS Secretary Becerra, which is, is worthy of replaying. I want to replay it. Rand Paul grilling him on why he thinks he has the authority to force people who have already had COVID, already have antibodies and natural immunity, to also get vaccinated. It's a really good clip. We're going to play it. Let's play cut number six. The science is against you on this. The science is clear. Naturally acquired immunity is as good as a vaccine. The Israel study actually showing it better. This isn't an argument against the vaccine, but it's an argument for letting people make a decision who already have immunity. You're not willing to consider natural immunity? Senator, our team has reviewed every study that's out there on COVID, whether it's from Israel, from the U.S., or wherever else. They have used the facts that have been provided through the uh, rigorous research that's been done to reach a conclusion. 660,000 Americans and more have died because of COVID. We're trying to do everything we can to save as many as possible. We're using the facts. We're following the science and following the law. Nobody's arguing the severity of this, but you are completely ignoring the science on natural immunity. So is Fauci. So is the whole group. You're just ignoring it because you want submission. You want everybody just to submit to your will, do as you're told, despite the evidence, the large body of scientific evidence that says naturally acquired immunity does work is an important part of how we're all going to recover from this. So is the vaccine. 
But when you add them together, we're at a much different place than if you ignore them. 100 million Americans, by conservative CDC estimates, have had the disease. 200 million or more now have been vaccinated. It's a good thing. Combined together, it's how the disease is. Nobody wants to get the disease. We're not advising anybody to get the disease. But if you're unlucky enough to get it, think of the nurses and doctors and orderlies who all bravely took care of COVID patients. There was no vaccine for a year and a half. They took care of people, risked their lives. They got it, survived. And now people like you are arrogant enough to say, you can no longer work in the hospital because you've already had the disease. We're going to force you to take a vaccine that the science does not prove is better than naturally acquired. That's an arrogance that should be chastened. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. And from the very beginning, they have pretended, not pretended, they've, they've openly declared that natural immunity just doesn't count. From the very beginning, when they talked about herd immunity, which is a real concept, herd immunity is a real concept. If, you, if enough people have antibodies against a disease, that that disease is less likely to spread and to infect the people who don't have the antibodies or cannot get vaccinated because they have certain immunodeficiencies, right? It's well documented. But they've declared that natural immunity doesn't apply to it. Whenever you see Fauci or, or anyone else talk about the herd immunity threshold, I mean, good Lord, last week, Joe Biden declared that, that herd immunity the threshold had now reached 98% to get our lives back. 90%, 98% vaccinated. Not 98% antibodies, 98% vaccinated. They've never, ever included natural immunity in the numbers for what you had to hit to get herd immunity in this country. They've never included it. It's like, and, and the thing that they've always said from the very beginning, well, we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. We don't know how long antibodies in your system last. We don't know. We don't know. So they've just assumed it's zero. They've assumed it's zero days. And it's true. A novel coronavirus, a novel pathogen, we do not know how long those antibodies will be able to protect you. We don't because it's novel. I mean, if they were doing the studies, then we'd know, but they're not doing the studies because they don't think it's important. We don't know, but they've always just assumed it's zero. That is it'd be ignorant if it wasn't purposeful, right? They know what they're doing. They know why they're acting the way they're acting. They're not just like turning a blind eye to natural immunity. They don't want to push it because they want you to get the pharmaceutical. No, it's without a doubt. I mean, we're finding more evidence around the world where these different pharmaceutical companies are lobbying the, the governments of those countries to have forced vaccinations. Out of all the things that you should lobby against, I mean, some lobbyists are good, like the NRA, the NRA ILA, that's a lobbying arm. That's a good lobbying arm, right? Lobbying itself is not inherently evil. But when you are lobbying to convince government to violate the natural rights of the citizenry, that is evil. A hundred percent, as Joe would say, that is evil. But no, <laughs> They, they don't consider natural immunity even be a thing. They don't care that if you've already had the virus. They don't care if you're healthy. They don't even care about whether you have preconditions, you have immunodeficiencies or anything like that. They don't care about exceptions. They don't want to give any ex exceptions for medical, for your religious beliefs. They don't want to do it because they are so fixed on seeing everyone. They're, they're so fixed on seeing everyone just as part of the collective, right? Um. That's what the Zach says that they only made three dollars per vaccine. 
Yeah, I mean, but when when you make billions of vaccines, I mean, Joe Biden just bought half a billion doses last month. Half a billion doses. That's a lot of cheddar, even if it is only a couple bucks per dose. No, they don't don't care about you as an individual. They care about you as a collective. It is a very socialist way of looking at things. It is. I mean, you are are the proletariat. You are part of the, 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 the body of people. You benefit from society, therefore you must give to society. It's, it's how they view the world. Unfortunately, it runs directly in, in contradiction to your natural rights as a human being. Your right to decide what you put in your body. The, fact, the way you know you have the right to decide what you put in your body is before this year, you have never, ever had to ask government permission to put something in your body. Now, sure, government has approved or, or, or authorized different medicines, fine. But you go to your doctor and you say, hey, this is my ailment. I, wanna, I think you should prescribe this to me. The doctor doesn't pick up the phone and say, hey, Mr. Government Bureaucrat, is it okay if I give this to this person, right? It's never happened. Government has never forced everyone to get vaccinated as a condition of just existing. You've always had the right to decide what goes into your body until now. So like so many rights, it's use it or lose it. If you aren't willing to protest against it, if you aren't willing to fight, you will lose that right. You will lose the right to decide what goes into your body. And I don't want to live in a world where government can forcibly put things into your body. I mean, we live in a country where the government's not even allowed to check your pockets without a warrant in some cases. Not even allowed to check the trunk of your car without a warrant. And we're supposed to just believe they can forcibly inject Americans with something they don't want? No. But use it or lose it. If, if the American people don't fight back against this, if we don't push back against this, this won't be the end. This won't be the end. So we're going to change gears a little bit, and I, I want to play a couple of clips from the weekend. First, did you see, did you see, um, <laughs> they're going after Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They're going after Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema to try and put pressure on them to pass Biden's agenda. Biden's agenda is, is flailing, it's falling apart, and they know that if they don't get these two Democrats, two Democrat senators on board, they are going to lose. And that nothing that Joe Biden wants is going to get through. So how are they trying to convince them? By chasing them into bathrooms and by, <laughs> and by annoying them in their houseboat. This first clip is going to, you're going to see a bunch of illegal aliens chasing a sitting U.S. senator into a bathroom and then filming it, which is very illegal. We get to that afterwards. Let's go ahead and play this. This is Kirsten Cinema being chased into a bathroom by illegal aliens. Play cut one. Okay, I'll be back. Sit so we want to talk to you real quick. Can we talk to you real quick? Hi, actually, I am heading out. The, um, right now is a real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. We, we knocked on doors. We need solutions. The Build Back Better plan we has the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need 7 million citizenship for 7 million. We need the Build Back Better plan right now. My name is Blanca. I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. 
And in 2010, my grandparents both got deported because of SB 1070. And I'm here because I definitely believe that we need a pathway to citizenship. My grandfather passed away two weeks ago, and I was not able to go to Mexico and visit him because there is no pathway to citizenship. And if we have the opportunity to pass it right now, then we need to do it because there's millions of undocumented people just like me who share the same story or even worse things that happen to them because of SB 1070 and because of anti-immigrant legislation. And this is the opportunity to pass it right now. And we need you to we need uh, to hold you accountable to what you told us, what you promised us. Uh, uh, let's break it down. Let's break it down. That woman admits that she is an illegal alien. She's in the country illegally. She also admitted to engaging in American politics and door knocking on behalf of a candidate. Now, in some states, that is illegal to do. But generally, we don't want foreigners coming into the United States and influencing American politics. When Russia or China does that, it's known as undue influence over the election, right? That was a whole big scandal with the left. Oh, Trump was colluding with the Russians to influence the election. Well, she just admit that she's colluded with Democrat organizations to impact American elections. She's not an American citizen. She's an illegal alien. So one right there, there's definitely a statute there that could be used against that. They tend to turn a blind eye to it, but there's definitely a statute for it. Second of all, it is illegal under Arizona law, because that's where this was, to chase someone into a bathroom and surreptitiously film them in the bathroom. If we go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is 13-3019 um, in the Arizona statutes. Surreptitious photographing, videotaping, filming, or digitally recording or viewing. So it says, it is unlawful for any per person to knowingly photograph, videotape, film, digitally record, or by any other means, secretly view, with or without a device, another person without that person's consent under either of the following circumstances. Then right now at the top, in a restroom, bathroom, locker room, bedroom, or other location where the person has a reasonable expectation of privacy, and the person is urinating, defecating, dressing, undressing, nude, or involved in sexual intercourse or sexual content contact. You'll notice in that video, she goes into the stall there. You have reason to believe she's going to the bathroom, but you also had two people who were already in the bathroom. One of which was leaving the stall, leaving the stall. One of the women leaving the stall. Another one was washing her hands. They have a reasonable expectation of privacy in the women's bathroom. And this illegal alien was filming them. Like imagine you're in the bathroom doing your business and you open the door and there's an illegal alien filming you as you leave as you leave the uh, the stall, it, it's not okay. It's illegal. It is a crime. It is a class four felony. Sorry, it's a class five felony in the state of Arizona. <clears throat> but this is making the rounds. And leftists are like, oh, look at those brave, brave protesters. They're cheering illegal aliens committing a felony. Listen. Joe Biden last week declared that being in the country illegally itself is not good enough to be deported. An illegal alien who claims that they're a dreamer committing a felony absolutely is a deportable offense. So I'm not going to hold my breath <clears throat> to see if she gets deported, but she should. Can't just have illegal aliens running around the state videotaping people in bathrooms. You can't do it. Cannot do it. So we have another clip of protesters Going after Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin lives on a houseboat, it seems, during the summers in Washington, D.C. And they were kayaking. I'm calling them the kayak Karens. Kayaking up to him and putting pressure on him to, to vote their way or else. Or else. Let's go ahead and play this clip. Cut number two. 
Let me talk if you can. Where are y'all from? Anybody from West Virginia? We have yes. West Virginia. We have a lot of West Virginians. God bless you all. But gang, we're working hard. We really are. We're going to continue to in good faith. I really. We want to get a good bill. It's a balanced bill. It's well done. And I know it won't be enough for some, and it'll be too much for others. In West Virginia, you know, West Virginia is a little bit different than it used to be. There's a lot of poverty. What are you going to do for the poor working, in West Virginia? We're, working, we're going to be working everything we can to create good opportunities. And we need to tax the rich. Well, I agree with that. I definitely agree. That's the one number thing we should be doing is fixing the tax code so everybody pays their fair share. We should be also negotiating for lower drug prices. We should be doing all these things. I agree with you 1,000%. We're on the same page, gang. We really are. Well, we have, here, let me just explain on that one. We will get to that eventually, but right now we can't even take care of it. It's going to go broke in 2026. Let us fix and repair that first. No, that's not true. Tax the rich. We're taxing the rich. I agree. We're going to make the rich and the famous pay. Well, how much do you have to say, Tony? They can cover this. You can cover that. Eventually, he asks them to leave, and he should. It's his house. They're coming up, to, coming up to his house on kayaks, the kayak Karens, and uh, and bothering him. Listen, if we don't keep putting pressure on Congress, they're going to cave. Either Republicans are going to cave, or Cinema and Mansion are going to cave. It's going to happen. Remember that clip? Who was it? It was Feinstein and and Murkowski, right? Feinstein, Murkowski, Feinstein uh, cornered during one of the uh, the Supreme Court hearings. Cornered. Lisa Murkowski in a hallway, put her hand over right here. Remember that that picture? Pressured her, and then sure enough, she caved. And she and she agreed to delay the hearings. Listen, this kind of pressure campaign, it works, unfortunately. And if we don't put pressure back, they will cave. So make sure you stay tuned for all the different fact spots, all the different um, campaigns that we're going to be running in the coming weeks. Because we only have a couple weeks to stop them from pushing through this monstrosity of a bill. I mean, as we covered yesterday, the left is demanding government-funded abortion. They're demanding an end to the Hyde Amendment. That was our facts blast yesterday. They're demanding it. That is, that's what they're putting in their compromise $1.5 trillion bill. It's not a compromise. Opening the door for government-funded abortions is never a compromise. But the Republicans will probably paint it that way. Before we end today, I want to mention Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown earned his first career NASCAR Infinity Series win on Saturday at Talladega. Great, great win. It was, it, the sun was going down, a great victorious win. And the people were nice enough to chant his name. They were nice enough to chant his name while NBC was on the air. Let's go ahead and play cut number seven. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, 
Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh, my God. It was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one, and everything shifted top to bottom so much. We're going to go with that. So we don't have to censor it at all. We don't have to bleep it at all. We're going to go with the NBC affiliates' determination that they were saying, let's go, Brandon. Certainly, that's what's happening at Talladega. That's what's been happening in concert halls. That's what's been happening in college football stadiums and NFL stadiums. They are all just cheering for Brandon Brown for his first career NASCAR win. That has to be what it is. And, and that's my story. Sticking to it. Don't you love that the reporter heard it and instead of just ignoring it, called attention to it and said, wow, how great. They're, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And then she pauses, and you can clearly hear that's not what they're saying. <laughs> but yeah, sure, we'll go with that. So we don't have to censor the podcast day and add little bleeps or any of that. That was Let's Go, Brandon. That makes a whole lot of sense. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version of the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean, and now also Audible. So all those links are available in the description. If you can, please do subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Do leave us a five-star review. It has to be five-star and help us climb up in those rankings so we can get higher and higher on the leaderboards. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, also, you can join our text alert system by texting the word FREEDOM to 89517. And also make sure if you haven't already, join our email, um, our email alerts. That link is in the description as well. Before we leave, going to promote one of the t-shirts on the store. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and put up my screen. This t-shirt, Conserve Daily Podcast logo. So that link is in the description, and we'll be changing it up and, pro and promoting more and more t-shirts. So if you haven't already, go to store.conservative-daily.com and check out all the different merch we have available there. We can go ahead and take that down. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.